everybody! Welcome to No Story is Sacred. If you've never listened before, basically we're four siblings who grew up talking about the art of storytelling. Now that we're adults, we're still talking about it, and we're inviting you to join the conversation. I'm Pippin, and you mustn't be afraid to dream a little bigger, darling. You fucker, I knew you'd do that. Yeah. I leaned in. It's on brand for Pippin, if you know her. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'm Alex, and paradox. Nice. <laughs> I'm Kat, and I just like little chess figures. And I'm Brendan, and you're waiting for a train. Ooh. That's what I thought. That's what I was tempted to go with, but then I... Uh, we knew. We knew, Pippa. I didn't want to disappoint. Uh, for me, it was <laughs> either that line or the uh, tried to attempt to sing, uh, was it Non Gene Regret? Oh, the French song? Yeah. Which, yeah. for a little while, was my cell phone's wake-up alarm, because I'm a nerd like that. God damn. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Even I didn't do that. <laughs> hey, look. For a while, my alarm... <laughs> I, I appreciate references when I wake up first thing in the morning. Come on. Especially once they're on point. Is your uh, text message uh, still a brave... Uh... Sir Robin's uh, yeah, minstrel yeah. message for you, no, sir? No, no, no. No, that's a uh, no. It's Lancelot's. Uh, oh, Lancelot's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it brilliant. is, but like all millennials nowadays, it's all to set the vibrate because that shit is annoying in public. Hell yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so today we're talking about the 2020. No. <laughs> oh wow. Uh, today we're talking about the 2010 movie. <laughs> uh, time has passed. Movie Inception. So spoilers abound. If you want specific content warnings about things we may talk about, check out the show notes on nostoriesacred.com. Though odds are good that we will discuss suicide. Yep, yep, yep. 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 Oh, and just gaslighting thing, uh, should probably throw that in. That's a good point. Uh, Was it gas? I mean, no, no, uh, that's legit. That's, it's, you know, it's legit. I mean, it's the central plot of the movie, I, kinda? It is. Well, to be fair, so is the movie Gaslight. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's, I never thought of it as gaslighting because he actually did the thing and gaslighting as we know it is just making you, no, he very literally, very, yeah. very literally, wow. Yeah. Question wow. Reality. Holy shit, Alex. We blew this case wide open. Wide open. <laughs> What? Um, <laughs> Here's your badge back, Alex. Uh, uh, excellent foley work, Brendan. I'm no longer on the force. <gasps> I found things I could do do things my own way. You maverick. So well, also I just also you the, the police have just a bad image right now and I'm on this Yeah, back. don't be yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Be a detective. I, I opened the bakery. Cool. Yeah, P. I, I, I opened a bakery. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, what if I know we're supposed to talk about Inception here, but, you know, what if, uh, as a follow-up to uh, B99, all of a sudden they just open a bakery? I'd watch, I'd watch it. that. Yeah. yeah. In a fucking heartbeat. Because- the 99th Bakery? <laughs> yeah. Oh, 99th Street Bakery! Oh, yeah! So, anyway, for those of you who've never watched Inception- <laughs> We're doing real well staying on topic tonight, folks. Oh, uh, y'all should have heard our pre-recording conversation. <laughs> the summary, according- to Google is, guess when I get mad at the summary, uh, <laughs> Dom Cobb is a thief with the rare ability to enter people's dreams and steal their secrets from their subconscious. His skill has made him a hot commodity in the world of, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just, Hell yeah. Sorry, just the way I read hot commodity, I was like, <laughs> that wasn't appropriate. Uh, 
has his skill has made him a hot commodity in the world of corporate espionage, but has also cost him everything he loves. <gasps> Cobb Cob gets a chance at redemption when he is offered a seemingly impossible task. Plant an idea in someone's mind. If he, su- <laughs> if he succeeds, it will be the perfect crime. But a dangerous enemy anticipates Cobb's every move. Wow. Well, wait. <laughs> Is, is it himself? Dun, dun, dun. I mean, I mean. Alert. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The dangerous enemy. My own brain. Wait, that Wait. is me. That is my. Yeah, yeah. Wait. That's that's oh. point for you. Jeez. Yeah. Fuck. I have anybody here? That's a very good point. No, but here's the thing. My brain isn't being all like, "I will get you. I will find you." No, it's more like in the corner, just being like Pinkie Pie, being like, "I like chocolate milk." <laughs> Like all the time, and that's uh, how uh, that's how I am always on my bullshit. Thank yeah. you, <laughs> thank you. Good night. But that's not the case in this movie. Uh, I'll, I'll start on bullshit. Like though, though Nolan himself can be kind of uh, Nolan. Uh, Nolan, yeah. You know, this movie really shows just the fact that you know the guy's got chops. Mm-hmm. This was his "I know what I'm doing" movie. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. And yeah, it's it. Still holds up today, which is surprising. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, absolutely. I, I really like Inception. There are things I would fix. Oh, hence of course. the, you know, point of the podcast. <laughs> oh, what? What? <laughs> Wait, I, what? I, fuck yeah, what? I'm sorry I had to tell you like this. <laughs> How dare you? But like, I, I think- Detective Diaz. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think as we go through the story here, I think one of the things that just really occurs to me as- I watched this movie, even like when I first watched it, like this movie in and of itself is a movie about storytelling. Yeah, it's a yep. movie about movies. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, no, it absolutely is. It's a story about, uh, uh, we'll get into this more. There's very definitely, I was thinking about story construction and, and the different ways to construct stuff and the different ways to let an audience know about the universe you're creating. And this movie inceptionizes that concept. Yep. Yep. Yeah, like there's layers, shit. And here's the thing: the entire point about a movie is to have you start thinking an idea, or at least movies that want to have a message to them. Rather, even mm-hmm. actually, I think any movie because if the message is no message, it's like, yeah, that movie was cool. That's the message. Is the movie itself is trying to incept you? Somewhere in in the middle of actually more towards the start of the movie. Some, uh, Dom says something about how, uh, dreams feel real when you're in them. It's not until after that you start to, after you're out of it, that you start to question everything. And that's the thing about movies is that they feel real when you're watching them. And it's not until afterwards where you go like, wait a second, how did they get to that location so fast? Yep. Wait a second. Wait a second. Let's talk about how the drug apparently is really, really deep and special, except with inner ear stuff. Huh. Well, yeah, it's made specifically for that. Yeah, magic, magic drugs. Yeah, magic drugs. But or maybe it, he's still dreaming. Mm, I don't think he is. Oh, I don't care. Oh, yeah, that, that, that. <laughs> but how do we explain in this pothole? It's a dream. Like, tell me, Ariane, how did we get here? And like that, and that, like that, that, that little, that little bit, that little acknowledgement. It's true. Well, because in the film, what, what we're, what we see at that moment is we see a typical cut, which we yeah. are used to. We, we are all versed in the language of film. Mm-hmm. What yep. it means is that a period of time has passed. 
nothing particularly important happened into it. And now we're at the next part of the story. But we all know that they must have walked from A to B and sat down and maybe ordered something. Or did they? Uh, and, well, the movie really just shows us through exposition, but also just acknowledges the fact that in the movie, dreams run faster than reality. And that's the case mm, with yes. movies as well. Yeah. Yes. And it's something that we've talked about even within this podcast. What? Uh, the idea that, you know, stories, like if there's a relationship, it's going to be like go from zero to true love in like 24 hours, two weeks if you're feeling real like or th- on it three in days. terms of story time. Or three days for Hamlet. Fuck or, off. Or for I'm Macbeth. Sorry, Macbeth. Macbeth happened in three days. We all know that. Um, that's hate established. Uh, so, <laughs> so not to fuck it. Every single one of you. Uh, <laughs> so and what's it? the horroring of hell, Pip? Fuck off. Um, so not to, to skip to the very end, but just so you know, my theory of whether Dom is still dreaming at the end mm-hmm. is the answer is no, because he's a fictional goddamn character and it's my <gasps> dream. Oh. Ooh. Well, that means the answer is yes, he's still trapped in the dream. He is, because he is forever repeating this story in all of us. He always has been. Although, if you want to take it as the story ending, then you can also pay attention to his wedding ring throughout the movie. Yeah. Wait, what? He wears the, the wedding ring, ring. Uh, in the- yeah. yeah. He wears it in the dreams, but he doesn't wear it- In reality. Um, the wedding oh. ring is his totem. Oh. Yeah, because- The uh, top. Yeah. Is mouse. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but now, like, it. Of course, it's a, it's a dream. And like, look at uh, look at the people in Ma and Cobb's life. We really meet a story arch meet story archetypes. It's true. I mean, yeah. Wait, do we want to very very briefly tell the story? Because I think that it's uh it's important to because there's another Context. kind of trope. There's another kind of genre that is being oh, laid yes. over this lovely you know deep concept shit which is the goes right back to the importance of tropes and genre it's a heist heist it's a goddamn heist so not to alarm the audience but we prepared ahead of time what happens uh, uh, we, what we actually did some prep notes here <laughs> Though, please imagine that there are, are quotation marks ab- around prep. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, we realized ahead of time that Inception gets complicated, so maybe we should write out what happens ahead of time. Wait. So we're not sitting here talking to each other going, wait, what? Wait, what though? All right. I feel called so, out. <laughs> I was calling myself out too. All right. <laughs> so the movie opens and what... Again, spoiler alert. What we learn is limbo. And in the notes here, someone, someone who are mean Alex, uh, wrote, how low can you go? I don't know what and you're talking about. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio, who plays Dom, uh, wakes up on a shore, gets dragged into uh, a room to talk with an old man. Uh, they have a cryptic conversation. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm Dom, and you might wonder how I got here. Pretty much. And record scratch. I I didn't write down any of the quotes from that conversation because it repeats throughout the whole movie. And I was like, I'll remember man. that. I don't. An old man filled with filled regret. With regret. Yep. Uh, so let's go be young up. together. Yeah. So it opens uh, on that. We then f- go immediately into what we learn is most of the movie is a flashback and into their their first 
dream heist. So we learn how it sort of is inside the dream. We're in Saito's dream. Arthur and, or Dom and Arthur, Arthur being my one true love. JGL. Joseph Gordon <laughs> love it. But it's not even necessarily that I love Justin Gordon love it. You do. Except in the fact that he plays Arthur and it's Arthur who I'm madly in love with. Is it because of his natty vests? It is. <laughs> now, JGL he can, wears, he can rock uh, a vest. He, he wears he nice clothes. Uh, he can mm-hmm. shoot a gun and he's very well prepared. Another thing about this movie is that everyone dresses very sharp. Oh yeah, oh, isn't, there, like, a, isn't there a thing about that? Actually, I thought there was like a one of those you know YouTube fifteen minute, twenty minute long videos about. Let's talk about the clothing of Inception. Uh, sure, let's find Maybe. it. I'm certain I've seen it. Like I'm positive. You you can do the Google search to try to find that video for the show notes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh. So you'll anyway, see. you'll see. Y'all see. Uh. So they tried to heist information from Saito's mind. Saito figures that out with the thanks, uh, with the help of Mal. Mal, who we learn is the projection of Dom's ex, ex-wife. Dead wife. Uh, dead wife. Dead wife. And, uh, so she tells Saito, hey, they're stealing from your brain. They wake up. They're in, you know, nice cozy little love nest. Hey, and they yeah. learn that that is also a dream. So it was a dream within a dream. And Saito goes, oh, hey. I'm impressed. Good job. Uh, I will hire you for this job, uh, which leads us to the offer, wherein Saito wants them to perform Inception on a business rival, basically. But what's Inception, Pippin? Inception is they go in and and they steal uh, oh, oh. No. information. No, 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 no. I, that's the setup. That is the set. Let me finish my sentence. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. The crew I was talking about usually. the actual, I was talking about the noun, not the name of the movie. <laughs> Typically, they go in and they uh, steal, extract information from someone's mind. Inception is putting information or an idea in someone's mind. Bum, bum, bum. Uh, and it's thought to be impossible because we always know where an idea came from. The example used uh, is if I tell you, don't think uh, think about elephants. What do you think of? Elephants. Elephants. Hey. But you know, I'm the one who told you to, you know where it came from. And like, and there's a line here: true inspiration can't be faked. And and like, uh, this is uh, this ties back to storytelling. Although mm. I I will like yeah, <laughs> I will briefly say here that this is a very neurotypical idea of how a mind works. But go yeah. on, go yes. on. Oh yeah. Also, for you for creatives out there, or inspiration can be faked. You just have to try hard enough and and keep on right. Writing down own ideas into uh, uh, something hang sticks. The throw spaghetti against wall approach. Indeed. But anyway, uh, but for the for the existence in this movie, the, the reality as it is is that doing the this fake dream reality of the movie. Go on. Uh, but doing this is really freaking hard, and we get that ominous line. I think from Cobb saying like, I, "I've done it before." I think he said that early on in the movie, even. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. possible. I've done it. And Arthur looks worried. Uh, Arthur always looks worried. He's a professional worrier, which you need one on your heist team. That, that is his job. Yes. Even though he fucked it up really early on. <laughs> uh, fuck off. He was trying. Uh, I have in my notes, uh, Arthur is here to provide good sense. Too bad no one listens. <laughs> I don't even know what point I was wrote that into comment on. Anyway, so... But if they do this job, 
Saito will arrange for Cobb to be able to go back uh, to America and see his kids because he's wanted for murder uh, <laughs> in America. Of his wife. Of, of his wife. Spoilers. Uh, who, <laughs> who he did not kill, but uh, we're for certain he did. And Cobb goes like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do it. And Arthur's all like, I Wait, what? damn my loyalty. <laughs> but yes. So we then get into getting the team together. Yeah. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm in. Cat? Cat? What? I hate. Cat isn't even in the goddamn notes. Yeah. I wrote that in, Cat. What? I wrote you that just- in. Nice. Alex, high five. Ready? One, two, three. Listening audience, I put together this nice little cheat sheet for everybody, and then some people went in and made fun of me. I like that Alex and I managed to do it without me actually even being in the fucking document. I haven't seen it since you wrote it. Like, I have I have no idea what you were putting in it. I just knew. You haven't even been in the document, because that's how on top of things you are. Hell so anyway, yeah. uh, we start with getting a new uh, architect uh, for the dream, the person who actually creates... The dreamscape. It's girl number two in this movie. All two girls. Yep. We can talk about that later. Uh, she's an architecture student. Uh, her name's Ariadne. References. What, uh, what? Who helped Theseus get out of the maze? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a maze, awesome. get it? Yeah. <laughs> Gave him a string, I believe. Yeah, yeah, it was like a magic ball of yarn or something. And she gets a crash course in uh, how to create dreams and how it works. And thus the audience gets a crash course in how dreams work. Because there's a lot yes. of metaphysics there's to cover. There's so much exposition. Like, if you look at it, there's a shitload of exposition. There's exposition in, like, the first five minutes while they're talking to Sato. There's exposition when they're talking to Ariadne. There's, like, so much. But it, it really, which most people are like, or most people who don't know what the fuck they're talking about are like, oh, no, so much is sh- Tell, don't show, show, don't tell, what? Except the way to break that rule and do it well is if you are telling the audience something they want to know. So if shit's going on around them and the audience is like, what the fuck is happening? And a character pops up like, you want to know what the fuck's happening? I got the lowdown. Then the audience will be like, go on. Also, it's a standard uh, a standard uh, device used in uh, heist movies, which is, again, this is. Yep. Yeah. Indeed. So, and so, f- I'm not gonna go into the exposition of how the dreams yeah. work, because- We don't watch have the all night. <laughs> yeah. But at first she's all like, I want nothing to do with your life of crime. Uh, and then like five minutes later, she's like, okay, but maybe. <laughs> but dreamscapes but <laughs> are so freaking cool, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt's here! It turns out that she's like a wonderkind when it comes to, like, instantly understanding how great, not only how great- uh, being able to design shit in dreams is she can manipulate things really well, but also she, I think, exemplifying the sort of asshole inv- invasive personality you have to be to be like, you know, it's a great idea. Jumping into people's brains and looking at their dreams. Yeah. It's just like, hey, you know, it's really great. I want to find out all of my boss's deeper, darkest secrets. <laughs> to be fair, she was not wrong. <laughs> no, she wasn't. Because if you're going to be sharing dreams with people, you might want to know what's in there. And it's something that Arthur should have done ages ago. Oh, fuck yeah. I mean, Arthur and Fake is great because it tries to explain why he hasn't. <laughs> Mostly being that uh, he was, in fact, good friends with Maul as well. And it just, the whole mm. thing's tied up with her and loyalty. Anyway, I re- read love Inception Fake. Anyway. 
Ha ha. So they get Ariane. Now they need forger. a uh, forger. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, Cobb goes off to Mombasa to get Eames. I would like to point out that Arthur knew right where Eames was. <laughs> Listen, fanfic girl, we know where he is too. He's busy getting sucked by Venom. <laughs> anyway, Fucking um, <laughs> but, uh, and That's a also, different fic. And in Mombasa, they also pick up Yusuf, the chemist. Yep. Convenient Who has that. a special, like, magic new drug that does exactly what they need them to do. Yeah. Convenient. Yeah. Hey, it moves the story along. Isn't that great? It's not a dream. Yes, it is. It's not a dream. It's not a dream. Not a dream. Not a dream. It's not a dream. I can fly. Movies. It's not a dream. Um, <laughs> so, uh... At one point in the Mombasa sequence, uh, there's a chase sequence that, uh, that Dom gets to experience in which one of the goons, uh gets a hold of uh of dom briefly it's like ah you're not dreaming now are you he actually says that yeah yeah and it's like mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and, and well, also- weirdly narrowing uh uh alleys yeah and totally oh. and totally not acting in the same way as subconscious would act as they've established subconscious acts in within the dream totally not totally nah well also but it is also a helpful re- reminder that uh the dreams are within dreams that we are in fact watching a dream. We are dreaming ourselves. Uh, the fact that Cobb, uh, played by Leonardo DiCaprio, is continually spinning his token, his to- uh, mal- uh, his dead wife's token, uh, to check over and over again whether something is a dream. Except it is possible, I contend, that a if he expects or hopes that the token will keep spinning or like stop spinning, that in and of itself is the uh, becomes the normal or abnormal thing, if that what, makes sense. Well, what it is explicitly stated, because I wrote it down, that totems keep you from being trapped in someone else's dream, because mm-hmm. they don't know how the totem's supposed to react. It does not, I infer, keep you from be- realizing you're trapped in your own dream. So why does he keep spinning the fucking top? Because he might be stuck in someone else's dream. It's always good to check. Ah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, and also it shows how he's still questioning his reality. Because you're right, it is weird that these people are chasing him in these cities. And uh, yeah, his world seems to act a lot like the dreams that he uh, engages in. He can never, like, he can't go back to his home turf where he would presumably know what things feel like, smell like, feel like, look like. He can't hold his own children. He is persistently in a a, a changing dreamscape dun, dun, of the dun, world. Dun, 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 dun. So yeah, so we get the team together, uh, and we start planning the heist. And we should probably actually ta- start talking about the mark. Cillian <gasps> yeah, Murphy. Cillian Murphy being very pretty in that strange way of his. Mm, mm-hmm. Indeed. The Fisher uh, King. Um, yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, to those of you who know our, our foreign legend, one of the stories, and there is that of the Fisher King, uh, or, or the Wounded King. There are various versions, but this one seems to be going off the one on, of the father and the son. Yep. And the only way to heal this king is to ask him a specific question. Do you, do you remember the question? Uh, Percival does. I thought the world ends when the question was or asked. Was it, or was it, uh, Little stupid golden boy. Uh, it was Percival, and uh, okay. the had and Boars were with him. Okay. What did I look at? Who did I look up the Fisher King before this? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, uh, yeah. So, so the CEO of uh, a rival corporation to Saito, their name is Fisher, and we're just we're saying it's an allusion to the Fisher King. 
Uh, uh, so, yeah. The idea that they're trying to incept is to have, uh, Cillian Murphy's character, uh, the son of this rich, powerful CEO, dissolve his father's company upon such a time as the father dies, who is critically ill at the time, so it can happen. And in fact, spoiler alert. Does. Does. <laughs> <laughs> So they need to figure out how do they put Kansas idea on his head, you know, and Eames, uh, yeah, Eames go, goes goes and scoops scoops it out. Uh, yeah, there's some light stalking. What? Eames doesn't fuck up. Oh, you're right. Eames doesn't. My bad. Who does Pippin? Listen, <laughs> listen. It would not have mattered so much if Dom hadn't betrayed everyone. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, a train ro- in, in rolling in, in the middle of the city. That's true. In the, all plans. in the list of fuck-ups, Dom takes up the first five slots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what Eames finds out is that the relationship between the father and son is tense, and uh, the father is going to kick it soon, so oh, they need to do the job soon. Yeah. Uh, and they need to figure out, like, a nice positive emotion to put in it. And Eames... Yeah. Yeah. Eames basically says like yeah that, with that strong and negative reaction if we can go deep into subscon- uh, into the subconscious and plant some catharsis storytelling uh Whoa. we can get that idea to really take hold uh and he can create the uh, idea himself which is the inception hey uh and during all this thing arthur and Eames flirt you can't tell me otherwise i'm um, telling you otherwise Arthur, uh, Arthur and I mean, Ariadne kissed. I'm just saying they do. Okay, yeah, but did I? Did you believe that kiss? I mean, she gave a little smile. To be fair, I mean, the I know the actress is is totally like whatever. But I mean, uh, Alan Page is gay, and so is Ari- Ariadne. You cannot tell me otherwise. I mean, I can tell you. It's my dream too. <laughs> I mean, Ooh. I mean, really. Oh, fair enough. I mean, really. If you're going to go by who flirting, uh, Saito and Cobbler are flir- flirting pre- pretty heavily. Yeah, they want to be uh, mm-hmm, young mm-hmm. men together again. Hell yeah, they I mean, do. I mean, yeah, sure. I'm asking you to take a leap of faith. The same lines that him and his, him and his wife share. Whoa, whoa. That's very but true. That line is laced with intimacy. See, now I'm picturing, just to skip to the end there, I'm just picturing Saito and Cobb laying on a train track together. <laughs> ah! Hell yeah. That's some imagery. A train oncoming. Is there a tunnel somewhere? Wow. Mm. So I meant to look up just train symbolism <laughs> because like, I think, I think in America, trains symbolize freedom, but in the American dream. Europe, yeah. Cause we keep going. Cause they took us into the West with open freedom. Uh, but in Europe, they tend to represent death. Road of iron, road to hell. Thank you. Cause, uh, uh cause they were a symbol of. Of industrialization and like for for uh, Europe and especially uh, Britain to industrialize, they had to do a chopping up of a whole lot of uh, landscape and making London go from from pretty dirty and foul to very fucking dirty and foul. Uh, and also some terrible things in say World War Two. That too. Mm. Mm. Uh, that's why yeah. one. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Moving on. Mm. So, anyway, trains. Oh, God, was his train a freight train? Trains, trains. Uh, so, anyway, uh, and then at this point, we get more uh, mall backstory yep. exposition. In, in the notes here, I have that whole mall, uh, mall thing. Yep. Being that basically she and Cobb went too deep into the dream, uh, lost track of reality. Uh, and when they came back up, she still lost track of reality. And was convinced to the point where they just had to kill themselves to wake up again, which is a mechanic that's in the 
dreams here, and man, it's a little bit awkward. Typically, when you die in a dream, you wake up. Yep. And so she was like, if we kill ourselves here, we will wake up and go back to our children, which is what we want, dumb. Come on. Uh, and she would not listen to, no, we're already awake. Thus showing the importance of having the totems because you lose track of reality. Anyway, basically she orchestrated her suicide to make it look like Dom killed her, uh, so that he would join her, uh, and no they choice. could be together. He'd now have no choice. Uh, and they can be together like he promised. Yup. I, I have in my notes somewhere, uh, Maul is crazy hot. <laughs> she is. She really is. Um, anyway, uh, uh, so there's- And I would like to re- return to my earlier point of gaslighting. Oh yeah. This whole movie is Dom's fault in just so many ways. Indeed. So we then move on to the job, because uh, Fisher Sr. dies. The job consists of three levels of dreams. The first level being uh, they stage a kidnapping. Dom is bringing his, you know, crazy issues into the dream. There's a freight train in the middle of a city. We learn that uh, young Fisher happened to have training in dream protection that Arthur... JGL didn't catch. Yeah, Arthur. it didn't show up in mm-hmm. any of the research. And by the way, Dom had Yusuf make a weird formula so that if they die in the dream, they just you know, <sighs> go to limbo and don't wake up ever again. The, so really, and, and, and uh, limbo gets explained at this point as being the lowest level of dreamscape in which time goes exceptionally slow, but you're in a land of infinite possibilities. So it's kind of rad as hell as well. Yeah, but it's implied that either you. Never escape or it's extremely difficult to escape. Well, and also there is the idea that, um, I mean, you know, if you are a god with, with the inability to change or rather with so much ability to change that it then becomes meaningless to change, what does that do to you? And we've seen that particular concept explored in a lot of different places. The Q in Star Trek, for instance, vampires, popular mm. concept when they aren't being sparkly. So, like, this is just another iteration of that idea. But yeah, so trying to <laughs> be faster about this, there are three levels of dreams, betrayals upon betrayals. The second level is a hotel uh, where they get Fisher on their side by pretending that they're his dream security. And they wear really awesome suits. Just gotta they reiterate. really do. Oh, yeah. You know, Arthur uh, kicks ass in a gravityless hallway while wearing uh, a waistcoat, and that's just everything I ever wanted. Indeed. Yeah, it's like, I wish I could kick that much butt while wearing a waistcoat. Just saying. I mean, hot you don't people know with you guns can't. is- <laughs> I've never you tried. Know you can't. Yeah. Yeah, I support you. Hot people with guns is my base level aesthetic. Um, <laughs> and at this point in the hotel level, uh, Fisher gets convinced that his father's doctor or confidant or whatever happened to be the one that betrayed him. They, they, they lied. No, no, it's his- it's, uh, isn't it his, uh, godfather? Or, yeah, Uncle yeah, Peter? yeah, yeah. Uncle yeah. Peter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Godfather and Fisher's, like, business yeah. partner. Mm. Close confidant. And that's, again, part of the inception going on is to basically turn the son from against the father to against the one good person or one good connection in his life. <laughs> Even Ariane is all like, are, wait, are we destroying the one good relationship he has like, for the father he's, who's dead? And is a dick <laughs> in real life. Yep. And he was all like, listen, we are letting him uh, accept his father while revealing what a douche uh, his godparent is. We are doing him a favor. <laughs> and I'm like, Eames, you're an asshole. I don't believe you. I think Eames is just 
Yeah, he, he's he's relishing it. Oh yeah. So so at this point they oh Sido got shot somewhere. Oh there. yeah, uh, in level one. Like, like yeah, like, uh, that's where they find out. Oh, if you die in the dream, you die in real life. I mean, well, not real life. <laughs> you can uh, go no, to limbo no, and limbo. become catatonic or something. Yeah. So they then go one level deeper to dream level three. Bah, bah, bah. Which is a northern ice compound thing, or maybe a hospital. I lost track. Yeah, something. And that is where the vault is that's going to plant the Inception. Uh, rather, Fisher's going to plant his own Inception in there. Whoa. Woo! Uh, what? And at this point, like, it's like the action climax. There's, like, guys with guns and snowmobiles. It's awesome. We uh, have to discover a shortcut through the maze uh, because they've run out of time. Because it's a movie, of course. And so they have to share the shortcut, which then tells Cobb the shortcut, which then in turn tells Maul the shortcut. So Maul kills the target. Oops. So he's down in limbo. And Ian's is perfectly ready to just cut and run, because what the fuck does he yeah, care? Yeah, he has got no horse in this race, but I he'd mean, love to see the ending. Yeah, I mean, legit. <laughs> We've all been there. Yep. But I feel like we're all Eames in this, along for the ride, but willing to cut out if we have to. Yep. <laughs> and so, yeah, like, they, they're about to, like, just cut their losses and bail, but then uh, Ariadne is like, wait, no, we can do clever... Uh, dream foo here to go into limbo, get back out, and then they'll all wake up together. It'll be great. And so that is exactly what they do. Uh, they, they go into limbo. And at this point, we learn the big, uh, the big reveal of what Cobb actually did, how he did inception before. And it turns out the person he incepted was his wife. Whoops. Uh, and in his defense, it was an accident because he didn't realize what he did. Yeah. What he did and how far it would progress. Because he was just trying to get her to accept limbo wasn't real. Yeah. And he didn't realize that when he planted that idea in her head, it would go back into the you know, real world. Where all reality isn't real. Oops. Oops. And he uh, basically lets lets her go because he's like, you're, you're not real. Uh, you're just a shade uh, of what she was. And Which I is do appreciate- dick move. Come on, man. Well, here's the thing. I do appreciate line when he's talking to a person he admits at this point is just a projection of his subconscious. It's like, I can't imagine you with all of your complexity. Yeah, that's a great line. I love that yeah. one. That's like, that's cool. true. Like, it's, it's just like, the idea fair. of his wife. Yeah. And at this point, Leo, uh, Dom is like, Ariane, you go take Fisher back out. I got to go find our boss because otherwise I'm screwed. <laughs> well, at, the, at that point, I'm not even sure it was so much uh, if I don't get Saito out of here, uh, I can't. When we land in America, because this whole thing involves flying to America, because anyway, I will be arrested. Uh, I think part of it was all like, and also no one deserves to be stuck down here yeah. since we're here. Yeah. Since we're here already, I might as well. I'm learning how to be a good person again. <laughs> I'm doing baby steps, damn it. And so we full circle. Oh, everyone else wakes up. Well, well, well we, we do get the pivotal moment of, uh, the inception itself happening in which, uh, Cillian Murphy, uh, young Mr. Fisher goes into the vault, sees his father, uh, dying there, saying his last words, disappointed, which is a real dick thing to say. Right? But, uh, because this is where the inception takes place. Uh, old Eames there basically changed it so that the father can, the fake father here can explain, like, 
disappointed that you tried to be me. And then Cillian Murphy plants the idea in his own head where he finds like the, uh, the little vault there with the last will that they had lied to him earlier saying it's a will to dissolve the company. But then they find underneath there a little pinwheel he made as a kid. And it's like, oh, his dad always loved him. He was just an asshole. And he was crying. <laughs> he does cry pretty. He does. He does. Yeah, Murphy. True. Uh, and then we go full circle to uh, Limbo that we saw in the beginning. Uh, and we find out that the old person that Dom had been dragged in to see, to have the uh, weird talk with, is in fact an older Saito who has been stuck in Limbo for ages. Uh, because time is meaningless. Yep. And they, and then everybody wakes up. Uh, Saito makes a call. Dom goes home. He sees his kids. And throughout the movie, he has seen visions of the last time he saw them when they were running away. Uh, and he has flat out refused to even imagine in his dreams uh, having them turn around to see him. Because the next time he sees them, uh, sees their faces, he wants it to be reality. Oh. So uh, and when he gets home, he starts spinning the top and then looks up, you know, as uh, his father-in-law uh, calls his children names and he sees them again. And he goes to them and he doesn't look to see what the top does. Uh, and the camera closes in on the top, still spinning. And we cut out just as it starts to wobble. Yep. But we don't see if it falls. The tiger or the lady, ladies and gentlemen. The tiger or the lady. It really is up to you. What do you think happened? Yeah, secretly, it doesn't fucking matter. It yeah. doesn't. Because it's doesn't. all made up. <laughs> They're fictional characters. It's okay. And we can yep. tell because the population of this movie is like 75, 80% men, and that's not accurate, is it? So let's talk about I mean, changes. My dreams. <laughs> <laughs> me, 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 me. Yeah, okay. Catherine. Hello. Listen, I actually was, I was going to start out uh, this by talking about what I would steal. I like a lot of this. And, and largely, I want to steal exposition and I want to steal heists. Those are both cool. Yeah. However, two, two women in this movie. Yeah, uh, that's a problem. They're both, oh, they're both great until you look a little deeper. We must go a little deeper, darling. Where you realize that, oh, yeah, she's a fucking wonderkind or whatever, Ariadne. Uh, but her, like, oh, so great genius is entirely subverted by solving the mystery of Cobb and, like, what's going on with him? She does not exist in and of herself. She exists as a hero. Do we know shit about her? Do we know shit about any of them? Yeah, it's all Cobb. Now, they're all projections. Yeah, you could make the argument that they're all projections, but you know what? Fuck that. That's right up there with the cold equations short story. It was like, well, you know, you gotta kill off the girl. That's what makes the story work. It's like, no, it means that you've written a shitty universe. True. Fuck that. Like, oh, they're just all projections? Well, fine. She could be a projection who, like, I don't know, likes coffee and will have a moment with her coffee. It's not all about fucking you. And it's the same with the wife. It is. With Mal. It's all in service to Cobb. Every part of it. The children are faceless because they're not, they're not people in and of themselves either. It's uh, all bullshit. Uh, I, I totally get you. Though that is another argument for it. It's all a dream because none of them have uh, any sort of story. It's almost as Listen, if the point. Okay. And yet here's the problem. Uh-huh. It might be the point, but it still exists within our world. Art is not an island. What appears in art has real life consequences. So in real life, 
this movie had two fucking girls in it. Yep. Oh, totally. So, I mean, like, yeah, I totally understand, ooh, art, but that's the same argument for, like, why the girl had to die in cold equations. Like, oh, it's the art. Well, no, you know what? That means the art shit. There it is. I mean, so what do I do to fix it? I mean, at the very least, can we 50-50 this? I mean... Make Cabba Girl. Fuck yeah, make Cabba Girl. That'd be hot. Sorry, moment. Right. Okay, yep. All right. Anyway, make Cabba Girl, make Sato a girl. Make, the make f- them all girls. Make them all girls. Fuck it. Just, I mean, for Christ's sake, at least 50-50 this shit. Yeah. Minimum. Minimum bar. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> That's my change. I mean, I was going to say something similar. But... Uh, but then but, I stole it. But Kat, and I was angrier, so I win. But Kat... Here's the thing. I let you. Oh, you we did. all paused. But Kat, Oh, you did. But Kat, will any of them ever talk about anything ex- other than Cobb? Nah. Ugh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. If they're all stuck talking about Cobb and no one else... Honestly, though, Cobb should have been a girl. Yeah. You're right. Which is why I say make you're, Cobb the girl. Fuck it. You're Does, right. Yeah. Because then it can still keep the thing where everybody's just in service of Cobb. Because mm-hmm. uh, what if they're just projections? Yep. But then it's less weird. Agreed. Plus, uh, oh, the only the only downside to that is that then we're killing our gays. Well, no. Unless uh, you make his wife a dude. We could yeah, do that. Could. Uh, basically, you just have Marion Callahan play Dom and have Leonardo DiCaprio play <gasps> Mal. Perfect. I would love watch the shit out of and that. I would watch Malcolm. so much of them. Mal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Love it. I- I guess my one hesitation is just making sure we uh, dance the dance correctly such that we don't fall into the, like, emotional work is for the women's uh, Mm. stupid tropes. Mm. Yeah. You know what, guys? The patriarchy is so hard. Indeed. (laughs) That's good. Oh, my God. Did you just? (laughs) Did you fucking wow? Pippin, did you hear that? I I didn't. <laughs> I said the patriarchy is so hard. And Brendan said, that's what she said. Put it on a sticker. Put it on a shirt. Put it on a mug. No! Maybe a mug. I'll put it on a mug. Wait for that in our merch. <laughs> um, I'm not proud. But yeah, that- I'm not proud of that. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, my, my change was literally gonna be like, just make cop, cop a girl, and I was gonna just sort of leave it at that. So let the record show, Cat once again stole Pippin's idea. Yup, 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 yup. What, 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 what? But you know what? I did it with style. Yeah, okay. Just like Eames. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I, I nope, don't know. Pip, I, I, I here's just make cop girl. Yeah, no, That's like, all I would do. here's the thing. I think you and I are similar and they're related, but they are not exact. I want to improve the ratios there in order to address fucking bullshit patriarchy. And you have come up with a different solution to the same problem. Yeah, I might make either Saito or Yusuf uh, a girl as well. And that's fine. Like, you know what? Let's say that both of those are good. Yeah. Both are good. Whatever happens with Arthur and Eames, I want to still be queer. Oh, like legit. (laughs) Let's not ruin the one good thing. Yeah, I would also queer it up some more. But I also, if we go with it was all a dream and they're all projections thing, I'm not sure Cobb would realize what was going on. <laughs> so it can't really be more than that. Wait, wait, wait. Could we you pull off the, the uh, just have a JTF or walk off of set and then and come back with this? Oh, I know. Uh, like, uh, who was the one in uh, Moulin Rouge? Oh, um, 
Wait, you no, no I'm sorry. I was thinking of Mulan. <laughs> yes, different. with Mulan. <laughs> you know, Mulan, that situation. Uh, we all know that one, that's right? That's a pleasant situation. <laughs> right. And also, I got I got the wrong musical. Well, I'm in Chicago. A boy like that who killed... No, wait, that's a different musical entirely. That's Emma Stone story. walks wait. back with Emma Stone. <laughs> the, uh, Arthur walks out as JGL walks back uh, okay, uh, and as Emma Stone. There you go. And when Cobb noticed... <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure Cobb's really noticing a lot. Cobb's kind of a train wreck in this movie. Ha <laughs> <laughs> hey. What? So... Yeah, so when the boys go? <laughs> I want to go last. Right. Okay. So yeah, trick his fucking sleeve. All right. Okay. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Gonna change the Fisher King to the, the Green Knight. Gonna have it be a gonna have it be a beheading game. Oh, oh define okay. For Elaborate. Those of us who are totally not me, who might not be familiar with that. <laughs> so people, nice. not you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you I'm, know. I'm just. I am just looking out for the audience. Uh, the basic story uh, of uh, Gawain and the Green Knight. The King Arthur's have a, and a party. It's all fun. Then the Green Knight rolls up and goes, Hey, fuck y'all. Oh, one of you guys come here and chop my head off. And <laughs> Everyone's like, all right. <laughs> uh, and, Gawain, and Gawain's like, I'll, I'll do that. Like, and like, all right, here's the, here's the rules of the game. You cut off my head and then I cut off your head. And that, them's the rules. And, like, not immediately seeing that, you know, this is, didn't we learn about this in Guys and Dolls, everybody? <laughs> so, Gawain, Future podcast the idiot, episode. <laughs> Gawain, the idiot, takes him up on that bet, chops the guy's head off. And, like, well, that was easy. And then the Green Knight picks his head up, puts it back on, like, cool, uh, see me in a year. Where I'm totally gonna chop your head off, I'm certain you can do this exact same trick. Right? Like that, uh, Fuck that, off. Those were the rules. And, and then he moonwalks out of the room. Uh, Gwade's like, fuck. And Arthur's like, that's the rules. Arthur's like laughing in I, the corner like, ha A deal's a deal, dude. Like, look, 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 look. You're my favorite nephew. But I have other nephews. But, you know, you're gonna be, you're gonna be a wimp about this? I'm just, I'm just wondering, just wondering. So, Gwade, uh, Fucks off to some other region uh, to, I don't get something and to, to to do figure out how to get his head chopped off and then and not uh, die from it. <laughs> you know the deep questions of the heart of our world. Something something get head. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done, Pippin. Nicely done. Thank you. Uh, and he finds himself in the care of I forget the name of the of, of the knight. Yeah, make one up. Some uh, old no, it's Burlac. It's Burlac or something yeah, like that. Burlac, Burlac. Because it, it, there's a pun in there. Burt Baccarat? No. Yes. No, it's a French name, and it if you do it backwards and inside out or whatever, it's like it means forest, which means green, etc. Oh, Mr. Mechlick. What? Anyway, go on. I was trying to do that one on Superman and Villain. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, uh, and there, he's like, okay, I'll take care of you. Here's the deal. Like, at the end of each day, I'll get you what I got, and you give me what you got. I mean, this would also be fucking suspicious. Like, how many weird deals that are open-ended and and or seem too good to be true? Are you going to go through in life without wondering if there's the same guy doing it to you? Yeah. But go on. And so, during the course of his stay, they, uh, Gawain re- receives a kiss from um, Burlak's wife. And, yeah, he does. And so, when Burlak comes back, uh, he's like, Hey, I got you a fish. And like, Gwen's like, cool. I, here's a kiss. And queer. Uh, <clears throat> something, something getting head? 
Yeah. Yep. And so it goes on. Uh, and the shenanigans continue. And until Gwen has to go to go to his meeting with the Green Knight. And at the end, Gwen's like, has to go, has to go. Sorry, I can't get my head cut off. And also, I slept with it's your wife and didn't sleep with you. Whoa! <laughs> I'm just saying, though, that he could have really solved a lot of problems there. Yeah, could, it could have. I'm, I'm, he he could have. Yeah, could have okay. done the head thing, could have done the... Uh, no, anyways. Anyway. And at the end, like, like the, the green's like, like, and you have learned your lesson, you have learned humility, and you shall wear a, a, a green sash as a remembrance of, of your cowardice and... And the other knights will, will wear it in, in uh, solidarity or something like that. I forget the details. So wait, so why is why is this the Fisher King? No, why was why, why, is, why are you? T- why am I? Oh, wait, why sorry, are you sorry. to Inception. Yeah, my bad. My bad. Yeah, that's what I meant. See, look at me. I'm mm, I'm on top of it. Because we keep on getting deals that are too good to be true. Hmm. Speak more on this, Sarah. Oh fuck! You're actually going to call me out on this. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. So, at the, the start of the movie, you know what? Uh, the star, story begins with these two men with Homer on the countertop. Oh, it's going, let's go kill you. Let's kill each other to, uh, to, uh, to go back to reality. So we also got, right. so we also got kind of, uh, work, kind of a work with a, a beheading game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and stuff and other okay. things. things. Okay. Uh, Wow. So you just, so your change is basically to just throw in another Arthurian, Arthurian story and then, uh, suss out the details and make it, later. And make it queer. And make it queer. And make it queer. And, and, uh, and you'll know, have maybe another or, or week or two to uh, try and make it work. I could make it work. <laughs> uh huh. Listen. I mean, uh, listen, there is a lot of suicide ideation in the story. There's a lot of suicide. Uh, true. It, it, and ideation, and and the Gwen and the Green Nut. And I mean, and you could also say that it, there is, for instance, the doubling, the mirroring. There's uh, which we see Ariadne do. Yep. yep there's yep. um, and Eames does. Yep. Yep. Oh, that's right. And there, and there is, there's making uh, there, there there's making promises that you can't keep. Yep. So okay. Instead of the name Fisher, we have the name Gawain. In the first level, they make the deal, you know, reciprocity thing. Second level, there is the, you know, back and forth uh, promises. Third level is when he backs down and learns humility. So it's just tying in uh, that legend with the heist so that... There is still a lesson learned. It, it's still you can still make it work. Yeah. You can make it work. Yeah, and maybe you've thrown in handy somewhere here and there. <laughs> so really, you're just fixing the queer problem that we always did, but just trying to do uh, make it uh, uh, fancy. Why are you guys going so blue tonight? Because uh, it's nine forty-five. <laughs> because we watched the movie, and we want we know what's missing here. <laughs> I would like to point out that for once, I did not go blue on mine. Mine was righteous gender anger. I listen. At some point, my coworkers are going to listen to this, and I'm going to be mightily embarrassed. And then, so I should just make sure that, that this is here forever in posterity of me. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Okay. Yep. No, that follows. Anyway, that you, Al. <laughs> uh, that's me. Uh, also, Arthur's still there, or, or because hey, he's also called Arthur. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, Brian, you had a you had a dream. A dream of going last. Was that everybody? And, uh, oh wow. Wait, Pip, yeah. Pip, when did you go? She, I, I sort of piggybacked on cats. She went right after me. Wait, oh. How did we even get here? <gasps> quick, do you quick. remember? Who has the totems? Who has the totems? Uh, uh. Wait, what? Okay, Phew. I never roll a 20. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so one thing I was kind of touched on in the movie, I'm going to do the uh, cop-out of just stealing an element from this story and nice. running with it. Uh, so... What I'm taking is the quick reference they made during one of the exposition scenes in which they talk about how uh, the dreaming technology was developed for, like, military applications originally. Mm, yeah. And what I'm wanting so here... So many things have. And what I'm wanting here is a prequel story of the first dreamers. Because <gasps> that, that's the thing with this story. Because it's a heist film, everybody is hyper-competent. Things go wrong, but they adjust they improvise it's slick they wear slick suits we're talking about like not even the military level we're talking like the college students and all that maybe maybe malin uh, malin cobb are there uh, and they do some stupid stuff with going into limbo the idiots but like just imagine like lab bench hacking of dreams way back in the beginnings of this dream technology and then we could have like government interest take over and all that and so there's like a little bit of a uh fight the power thing happening here and that's how these various uh underground elements now get their hands on this technology because they're like wait we can't just have the the military have access to this amazing technology the world needs this I'm pleased to let you know that that fanfic does exist. Oh, Jesus. Of course. But yeah, so... That's how Arthur and Eames met in the military during the dream experiment. Of course. You should send me that story for research purposes. I'll try to have to find one of them. <laughs> it's, it's a common theme. Because I'm just picturing, like, Michael Caine is, like, the original, like, college professor that was, like, founding all this stuff. And of course... His his son is like one of the idiots involved because yeah, Cobb's an idiot. Well, son-in-law, son-in-law, yeah. But also though, but also, what's his head? Um, you just said his name, the actor's name, Michael Caine. Michael Caine, Michael Caine classic heist actor. Oh yeah, true. But yeah, so so I just want to have kind of that not grungy, uh, just tech punk. Oh yeah, we are like hacking each other's dreams, and ain't that cool? Nothing will ever go wrong. Just imagine the steps in the story where we're, like, discovering all the various rules. Like, mm-hmm, maybe that's mm-hmm. how they discover, like, if you take too much sedative and die in the dream, you go into limbo, because that's what happened to Mal and Cobb. Mm. <gasps> yeah. Well, also, like, imagine the first time that, like, their their projections turn against somebody. It's like, shit, And they're shit, both shit. running away, they're both running away, and then they both end up in a dead end, and they both put up their arms, and they're both like, goodbye! And then the other one gets, like, <laughs> fucking shot, and then everybody just leaves. Yep. And the guy's like, oh, huh. oh. oh. <laughs> and then okay. and you can have that little comedic beat the next day. It's like, so guys, it turns out that uh, your own projections don't kill you. Huh? Huh? And the other person who died is like, it hurts like hell. It hurts. And then they just claps him on the show and says, science. Also, at some point, the military... You know, takes all, all their research, which and all the, and all they're left with is like one, one dream machine left. And like, it, it's gone now. We don't even know where it is. Is how, how are we going to find that out? That's easy. 
we steal it. Yeah. And suddenly the Leverage crew comes in. and yeah. <laughs> Leverage does have an Inception episode. Of course. <laughs> I mean, heck, that could be like the final act of the movie, like, as we kind of get into the action-adventure climax. We have the first dream technology, and then we end it with the first heist, which is a really crappy heist because they're not good at it yet. And so it's more like a smash and grab with lots of guns and explosions and all that. Very messy. It's why the military knows about Cobb still. Hmm. But it was very uh, fascinating. I don't know. Yeah. I just think it's ripe for some extra story content. I mean, that just goes to show that even those tiny little throwaway lines uh, can create a larger story and sort of flesh out what really is, at the end of the day, sort of a very bare bones uh it's high concept, but not a lot really happens. It's a no. It's a it's a piece of filet mignon. <laughs> I mean, what happens really is uh, some people take a ten hour nap. <laughs> <laughs> Power nap. But yeah, no, just the throwaway line of like, oh yeah, it was developed for the military, uh, and just leave it at that, and you can create whole other backstories. <gasps> they incepted it into your brain. Yeah. What military applications? What? What? All right, so, games. Oh, yeah. Can I actually... Okay, I realize this isn't our deal. Well, wait, no. I was about to suggest a token game, but that's not... You know what we should do? We should do the new game. The therapy game. Ha, ha, ha. I have in the notes still is something about therapy, and we didn't come up with a clever title. No, we title. did come up with a clever title. You kept not hearing it. What was it? Oh. It was tell me, Alex. You came up with it. It was tell me about your mother. Oh yeah, <laughs> which is hilarious considering that this is also parent issues. <laughs> so uh, in the game of tell me about your mother, we discuss how the story would change if one more all of the characters had gotten some fucking therapy. Cobb. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the heist would fall on its fucking face. Like uh, Fisher. No, I, yep. I had some resentment towards my father, but also I'm fucking rich. So, yeah. So, f- fuck you. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't have anything unresolved that my mind can then fix. I've already gone through this with my, with Cheryl. <laughs> oh, God. So, so, like, as they're doing the Mr. Charles bit, Cheryl, the therapist, comes in. It's like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, Mr. Fisher, we've already been over this. Can we talk about your black and white words? Okay, my dad didn't <laughs> always hate me. She's like, no, no, that's right. Good job. <laughs> you know? Thanks, Cheryl. Would you like a chocolate? And, you know, and, and, and then they talk about Cheryl's dog. I've decided Cheryl has a dog. Of course. It's a therapy well, dog. Yeah. And then the therapy... Oh, Brendan, it's for you. There then we... a therapy dog shows up <laughs> and just keeps, like, chilling out. And every dream level, the therapy dog is his totem, even though he has not been trained into this because he's a good Doggo. Aww. <sighs> and because therapy dogs are used to center yourself and bring you back to reality. It's a golden retriever, so, I've decided. Aww. It's what Maul needed to accept her new reality. Mm-hmm. Well, and also, frankly, oh, great. So she had, like, she had an idea incepted into her head. Well, fucking fine. You know what's great for that? Drugs. Therapy. And drugs. Well, uh, in the story, they did. But no, she like, did. nothing... Hmm? In the story, she did say that she got three separate therapists to say that she was sa- super sane. Which listen, you can get therapists to say anything. <laughs> also, uh, also, that didn't raise any red flags like of 
of getting free separate therapists to say to write down super sane. Super sane. Cobb should have taken her to couples counselor. Oh, yes, yeah, yes. Because clearly there's shit going on there. Um, and also, you know, it, if she's not treating the kids well because they're not real to her, I mean, that's not. It's not great. super yeah. good. No, it's not. No, and it's like, oh, I feel guilty. I've done this. Well, maybe you fucking did, but you know, it's also your responsibility to help her out. Then, like, you you got her in there. Let's help her out. Therapy. Because, and again, this is where the world is, where this universe has been written by, uh, uh, potentially with a non-neurodivergent eye. You know, strangely, when people have intrusive thoughts about disassociating and not reality, we have ways to help that. Yeah, that's a known neurological condition. Yes, it is. Uh, that even people who are neurotypical can experience, case in point, our entire summer. Yep. Uh, <laughs> right? You know what they call totems these days? A fidget spinner. Hell yeah. But also, like, if you've ever gotten a song stuck in your head, like, congratulations, you have an intrusive thought. But some people have intrusive thoughts that are very dangerous. Yeah. And we have ways to help them, too. Therapy can be for everyone. Therapy and drugs. Mm. Hell yeah. Take your meds, everybody. Take your meds. Drink some water. Ooh, yeah, drink Call some. your person. Right. Hell yeah. Hey, Pip. How you doing? Yes. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, bees. Hey. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you know who also who needs a therapist? Fucking mm. Cobb. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Just on his own. Oh, yeah. yeah. Forget everything else that's happened. Like, forget the fact that he's yeah. a dream. Yeah, fuck all that. He, I, he, uh, he's got PTSD. Mm-hmm. Oh, I actually have that in my notes somewhere. Uh, it's like, is it not real or do you just have PTSD? Maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> <laughs> Both. Both is good. He also has sleep disorder. Yeah. Like, yeah. when you don't get enough sleep, if you can't have proper sleep, you get fucked in the head. Yeah. Um, and oh, yeah, he doesn't dream anymore. Nope. Like, the only way he can dream is with a third-party device. <clears throat> mm. <clears throat> oh, I have in my notes, is it a dream or is it PTSD? I have nothing to shame um, about dev- uh, needing devices for sleeping. Well, I meant more, uh, you're right, you're right. Uh, CPAPs are great and other various objects. I was making an allusion to uh, drinking himself to sleep. Uh, Self-medication. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's self-medicating. Yeah. yeah. To, to get to this point. I, I have a new headcanon. Yes. In, in the version of the story where they're not all projections. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, I don't actually particularly care which version people uh, choose to believe. Both realities can exist in my head because one, it's all fake. Uh, and two, I'm Catholic. I, I'm used oh, to You got that. You I'm got used that. to this. Paradoxes, go on. But in, in, I have a new headcanon where everywhere they go, Arthur steps the card for a th- local therapist somewhere on Dom's mm. person. Oh my god, amazing. Uh, when Ariane joins, she stops being subtle about it. <laughs> and that's the new totem. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, except it's the opposite of a totem, isn't it? Because it's literally someone else giving it to you. <laughs> Fair. I decided when Ariadne joins, she just goes, hey, I made you an appointment. I love that. Even though a good therapist will not let someone else make an appointment for well, you. Well, it goes, it, there's circumstances. That being said, we've actually covered three people. There's three of us. Brendan, do you have a fourth? Well, considering I led this bit with just shouting, Cobb, but we can- That's a very good <laughs> fucking point. That's an excellent point, actually. But let's briefly talk about the- utter uh, cold-heartedness of Saito here, who is doing this insane mission in the first place. I mean, I can get 
corporate espionage and all that, but, like, destroying somebody else there, that is, like, a level of sociopath which only a CEO could love. <laughs> he he tries to explain at one point. Like, like no, if if they stay with one big company, they take over like half the world's power stuff. I'm trying to break up in a monopoly. I'm trying to be the good guy, and I'm just sitting here going like, "You're another rich asshole." Yeah. Why should I trust you? You literally, you say, "I bought the airline casually." It's neater that way. It's also a great line. A lot of great lines. Oh yeah. Movie. I'm just imagining that Saito probably has a therapist. The therapist is probably extremely well played and is just privately very frustrated at <laughs> all this. Well, I mean, that gets right up to the, like, you know, a therapy relationship is a relationship. So if Saito is like, no, I'm totally sane. And the therapist is like, are you sure? He's like, yeah. And the therapist is like, well, Fucking great. Okay. Like, there's nothing I can work with there. You have to be willing to be part of it, which is gets back to Mal can get people to be like, like, no, I'm sane. So if you could just write that off. And it's like, are you sure, though? Because normally sane people don't do this. She's like, I'm absolutely sure. And they can have private doubts. But like, you have to have a reciprocal relationship there. That's the way this works. Though I, I want everyone to imagine uh, Saito's uh, therapy, therapy appointment right after Inception. <laughs> what if it's Cheryl again? What if that's how they've met each other? How about, do we know how they found each other? Cobb and Saito? Uh, uh, they, Cobalt Engineering hired Cobb to steal secrets from Saito. Okay. Or and did they? I, was but it, but I thought, was it a setup? By Cheryl. By Cheryl, <laughs> yes. Cheryl's like, you know what? Both of these fuckers need more help than I can give. You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna consolidate. <laughs> she worked with Arthur about it. <laughs> yes! Amazing. I'm in love with this new game, guys. It makes uh, everything better. I mean, we could do variants on this. We can, for older movies, or actually even just new movies, where's the cell phone game, you know? <laughs> Such a good question. Where is the cell phone? For, for older movies, how does the cell phone fuck up this story? Oh, yeah. Like, what cell phone? We're set in the 80s. Oh, no. What? Oh, what do you know? Zero bars. <laughs> It'd be funny if it was set in the 80s and it had a modern cell phone and we're just like, it just showed up. And it's like the character looking like, zero bars. And then put it away and then we hear nothing else about it for the rest of the film. <laughs> I mean, that's the way to do it. Are we good? I, I think, think we're good. I think we're good, man. Inception. It's a good movie. Yeah. yeah. And But there's also ways you can change it and steal it for your own. Mm. Yeah. Right. Uh, before we go, does anyone have anything to plug? Uh, let's see. Uh, as you know, I still have stories out with, uh, Lightspeed and, um, and daily science fiction. Um, I don't know when my one from Apex is coming out, but I will be sure to tell everyone. And I am still working on that <gasps> romance slash erotica historical romance interactive fiction game from Heart's Choice coming out sometime next year. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> I got some stuff, uh, coming Ooh. up. It should be pointed out for any um, people that I may know in real life or who may know me in a professional capacity that they should not interact or even consider the idea that I'm writing an interactive fiction erotic romance. All the people that Kat works with should feel free to come talk to me about it. Uh, I will murder you all in the street. Uh, 
Yep. <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, I have a number of uh, shows coming up this month. On Thursday, October 8th at 9pm on the Arcade Comedy Theater's YouTube page, I've got uh, the show Lucky Draw, in which uh, my team selects start is uh, the, the main guests. So we're going to be working with uh, the baby improvisers. It'll be great. Oh, the And then on uh, Saturday, October 17th, we have our Halloween online show. <gasps> Halloween. And if you're in the Pittsburgh area, on Monday, October 19th, we have an outdoor improv show. Masked up and social distance. It's going to be great. Nice. Wah, wah, wah. Amazing. So will that be will that be shown anywhere, or is that for only the local luckies? Only for the local luckies. The lucky locals. Ooh, as one might say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and proceeds for that, I think we're probably going to have it go right back to the theater. So, uh, yeah, good times. Legit. And nice. it's all, Amazing. again, it's a pretty neat little venue. It's uh, all outdoors. All the tables are six feet apart, all that deal. So, and it's the local comedy scene. So everybody's actually like wearing masks all the time and being respectful. Who knew? What? what? Weird. Sounds fake. Uh-huh. <laughs> good comedy is riveted in empathy what Weird. what but twins hey how you doing what is- i exist <laughs> i've got many many ideas not a, nothing on submission yeah yeah the writing life Woo-woo. as always if you have an idea or prompt to submit head on over to nostorysacred.com slash submission follow us on twitter at nostorysacred or send an email through contact at nostoriesacred.com. Your hosts have been Alex McDonald, Brendan McDonald, Pippin McDonald, and Catherine Crichton. Editing for this episode done by Brendan. Transcript done by Ashley DaCosta. Art by Jay Wolf. Show notes and transcript are available at nostoriesacred.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and please rate, review, and subscribe to No Story Sacred. You can also visit our Patreon page to support the show and get neat rewards at patreon.com slash nostoriesacred. See you next time when we talk about a story idea by me. With the working yeah! t- <laughs> with the working title, the Orphan Star, which is really better than <laughs> like a really good fucking title. Thank you again, Cat. <laughs> Hell yeah! Uh, until then, we're no story sacred, and any story can be changed. I'm Alex. I'm Cat. I'm Brendan. And I'm Pippin. And we're no, no story, story sacred. sacred.